Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 120 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Today, we're going to dive into an episode that is, I really love this episode. I already can tell it's going to be one of my favorites. Even though I say that quite often, this episode is something that I was walking my dogs recently and I was reflecting on one, a purchase that I had just made. And the as I was making the purchase, I it like the whole thing unraveled in my head of why I chose to buy from that brand. And and I don't know, I was like, okay, I need to make a video on this. And then that turned into me wanting to make a podcast. So I have been really doubling down on these new types of videos for TikTok where I feature a specific brand and talk about, you know, either one thing that they're doing really well with the brand or one thing that I think I just really like, and I I think it can help people. And I'm having a lot of fun making these videos. So anyway, I made a few videos that have featured um, two of these three brands I'm going to talk about today. And I was like, you know what, this is a great podcast episode. What every successful e-commerce or product-based business has, they, they have three things that make them successful. And so each thing I'm going to talk about, I'm going to give you an example of of a specific brand and they're all three very different niches and industries so it's it's pretty exciting so all right guys so grab your coffee grab your wine and we're going to talk about wine in this episode so you might as well have a glass of wine and i won't judge you depending on what time it is wherever you live okay let's dive into it so the first thing every successful brand has and i've been you know i started my first business in 2016. So it's now been, you know, six and a half plus years of being in the product e-commerce space. And since forming my company, I have consulted, I've been a coach, I've been an educator for years now. And so I've seen a lot of businesses, I've studied businesses, I constantly analyze why one business works and one business doesn't work. So this isn't like, an episode that just like, oh, I just feel like talking about these three random things. These are things that I just continuously are reminded of when I think of companies that are are doing well, they have three things in common. The first is and okay, and I want to just say one more thing too. I work with a lot of people, whether it's clients, people in my courses, people in my membership who are struggling with their business, they are not getting sales they're not getting traction. And they're oftentimes missing some of the things that I'm going to talk about today. So again, if if you're listening and you're like, oh man, I'm not really getting much traction in my business, then you could be missing one of these three things. And I hope you can really take take away um, 
not feeling discouraged that you're not doing something right, but just this is an opportunity where you can now think about your business in a new way and think, okay, how can I add one of these three things? Okay. So the first thing that every successful e-commerce or product business has is a mission slash vision slash story. So some businesses, their mission really is overpowering. Like for example, Tom's. I'm not going to talk about Tom's in this episode, but Tom's Shoes, they have a very deep mission. Their mission is all about like the one for one. We, You buy a shoe, we give a shoe to someone in need. So everything is down to their core of the one for one, giving back, social change, all that kind of stuff. So they're very deeply rooted in in that. And I think their mission overpowers the other stuff in their brand. Um, but a mission, a vision, a story, like something deeper, you're not just you, you, you can't just have an online store and just sell a shoe. There has to be something more because people have too many options in 2022 and 2023, 2024. As more and more and more e-commerce brands are being founded every single day, you have more competition. And I talk about this all the time on the podcast and pretty much everywhere that I have any sort of voice is you have to humanize your brand in order to stand out against the Amazons or your competitors. And you can do that with your mission, your vision, or your story. And so I think this is a really powerful um, thing that you that you want to sort of like think about for your business. And so when I say a mission, a vision, or story, again, um, I'm going to go through a specific example here because I think I, I recently discovered this brand literally a week ago, and now I'm like obsessed with them. And I'm curious how I've not heard of them before. I feel like I must have living must have lived in a cave. I don't know. But again, coming back to Tom's, like you think of Tom's and yeah, you might think of a shoe, but you think of like that one for one thing where if you buy a shoe, they give a shoe to someone in need. I don't remember their exact story. If it was like, I think it was to a child in Africa, maybe, but just such a beautiful mission. And so many brands have these these deeper missions to them. And so, again, whether it's a mission, a vision, a story, um, your story should be part of the brand. And I, and I firmly believe, and if you don't agree with me, I would love to hear some examples where this doesn't actually exist. I don't know any brands that are quite big that have grown um, that are direct to consumer or, you know, wholesale, that kind of thing. I'm excluding Amazon right now. Okay. This is not Amazon. This is like if you sell directly to consumers through your own website, your own brand. Um, I don't, I can't think of a single brand that is pretty well known or big that doesn't have like some sort of story or bigger mission attached to it. I don't know any. Again, if you believe that that's not true, I would love to hear your thoughts and I want to hear what brand that is. But I don't know a single one. And so the mission, the story, that's how your brand is humanized. And again, you have to think of when it not only is it that that's how your brand is humanized, but that's how you create connections to people. And you have to think all this stuff comes back to the psychology of buying. How do you pop into your ideal customer's brain and just it's almost like you want to follow them around for the day. How do they make purchasing decisions? What makes them click on this versus that versus this versus that? When they're scrolling through Instagram, why do they click on one thing? When they're going on Facebook Marketplace to look up a product, 
what makes them click on this thing versus that? Like you have to really understand your ideal customer and their purchasing behavior, psychology, purchasing decisions. Um, because the more you understand that, you understand how to attract that person to your product, which we're going to talk about today because this recently happened to me. And I was like blown away by how quick it happened and how like profound it was. And again, I'll walk you through the whole story. So, um, so the, so what I want to talk about, oh, sorry. Um, I think I was talking about, so yeah, the mission story vision, um, it humanizes your brand, but it also creates connection because that's what I was talking about. Because when people are buying things or people are just existing, oftentimes people gravitate towards the mission of things, not the product. And I'm trying to think of another example off the top of my head. And of course I can't, but just if you're, if you're okay. So for example, like I recently went to Alaska and I came home from Alaska and I feel like that trip changed me in terms of, and this sounds bad because I should have been doing this before, but I, I'm not, I didn't it made me want to live a more like eco-friendly life lifestyle. So I saw what Alaska is. I mean, it's just this beautiful place that is kind of untouched. It's like the only place I've ever been that you feel like the earth used to look like this or the country used to look like that before we've ruined it with human humans and traffic and pollution and plastic and waste and development and greed and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not here to talk about any of that stuff. However, when I saw Alaska, it instantly made me want to be more eco-friendly. It made me want to care about the environment. And not that I didn't before, but not as much. But seeing that in person, it switched something in my brain. And all of a sudden now I do want to live a more eco-friendly life. So now when I when I'm making purchasing decisions and I've already started realizing that I'm doing it, I will go for the one that's more eco-friendly versus non-eco-friendly. So that is me gravitating towards a mission. So if you're a brand and your mission or part of your mission or your story or your ethos or your manifesto is to make the earth a better place, I'm now going to be more attracted to that brand. So you see the difference here. Um, The mission and all that, the story, the vision, the mission, um, it's almost like you're kind of able to attract people because of the bigger picture things they believe in. So it's kind of like when we think of our ideal customer and we think of demographics versus psychographics. So demographics are like age, gender, how much money you make, like boring shit. But the psychographics are like the deeper things, what people think, how they feel, how they make decisions in life, what they believe in. And like that eco-friendly lifestyle is going to be more of like a psychographic. So if your brand is all about eco-friendly living and eco-friendly lifestyle, people are going to be attracted to you because of that. Whether your product is like mediocre, maybe you sell kind of shitty like metal straws and the case is ugly. But if people are looking at your product versus another one, um, they're going to go for yours because of that bigger mission that you guys are believing in. They're going to um, purchase your product because of that mission. And that's the power of that whole mission thing. It's like you're attracting people, but all but they're going to end up buying your stuff because of the bigger thing. It's not just your product. So anyway, so that's the first thing. And the more that I've just been thinking lately of because, again, with my new membership community, 
I'm interacting with people now on a daily basis. I'm answering their questions. I'm chatting with them. We, we've done two to three live either Q&A calls, coaching calls, open office calls um, for the past two months now. And so I've been able to really tap into people's minds and understand one, how I can help them because in the end, that's what I'm here. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you grow your business because I want you to have a freaking amazing business and not to struggle anymore. But anyway, because of all these conversations I've been having, whether it's on our calls or answering questions in our community, because we have a community hub and people post questions every single day. And so I'm in there Monday through Friday answering people's questions. And it's it's helped me realize what what people need help with. But I'm seeing patterns here. And so when I see patterns, again, I'm going to be like, podcast episode. <laughs> Let's do a podcast episode. Um, a lot of people, a lot of you, you have, you, you sell a product, but you're missing that story. You're missing that bigger mission. And I think that is what so many of you need to think about in incorporating into your business. So if you do not have a mission, a bigger picture vision behind your business of your why, I want you to literally Think, what, listen to this episode because the whole episode is going to be awesome. I'm just going to say that because I love this episode. <laughs> I love this episode so much already. But I want you to literally like go take a notepad, get a pen, however you'd like to brain dump. And I want you to come up with a mission statement. I want you to come up with a statement that talks about the bigger why behind your business. Why the hell are you doing it? Why are you here? Who is it going to help? How is it going to help the world? How is it going to help people? Um, it could be anything, but I want you to start with that. Okay, let's dive into the example of who I've recently discovered who has a freaking dope ass mission, vision, and story. And that is the ice cream brand Cool House. Literally, I just discovered them like two weeks ago. And I'm so mad at myself because I've definitely seen their ice cream in the supermarket and I can completely, completely pass it over. And I'm so sorry. Um, but then I started to do I, I put out this idea on my Instagram. And I said, I'm going to do a vi- uh, TikTok video on five or 10 ice cream brands that can teach us something about marketing and branding or something. And I said, what kind of who like what ice cream brands do you like? And I don't mean like Hagen dazs or something boring. And so I got all these people that gave me all these different ice cream ideas. And one person put in Cool House. And at first I was like, oh, I've seen their product labels. And I I don't, I, to be honest with you, like their pint, their ice cream pints, I've seen them before loosely. And I wasn't like, I just never felt intrigued to even open up the glass and pull the carton out. I don't know. Cause now I'm like, oh my God, this brand is like the best ice cream brand ever. I'm obsessed. Um, But then when I was doing some digging, I was like, oh, let me actually like look into them because I don't really know anything about them. And then when I when I when then when I actually went to their website, their social media, I read their story. I read about their mission and their their purpose. And I was like, oh, my holy hell. These are my people right here. This is the ice cream brand that I want to start supporting. I freaking want these people on the podcast because I cannot wait to talk (laughs) to about their whole story of how they even started, but then everything else in between. 
So it's not the freaking ice cream people. It's the brand. It's the story. It's that mission. It's their why. It's the story of how their business started, which I'm going to talk about in a sec. That is what got me to feel connected to them and instantly want to buy their product, buy their ice cream. And I did. I went out and bought their churro something ice cream cones. And they were really effing. They were cookie dough ice cream cones, like in a churro wrap or something. I mean, like, hello. And then when I saw the packaging, I was the, their packaging for those was awesome. Way better than their pint of ice cream. I'm sorry. Cool house. Um, your packaging is friggin' dope ass, but the, the ice cream pints, I feel like could be a little bit more snazzy, but anyway. Um, okay. So let's talk about their, let's talk about their mission and their vision. So if you go to their website, what is their website? I don't know. Cool house. C-O-O-L-H-A-U-S. You can go look it up if you have a laptop in front of you. But it says, ice cream for positive change. Our mission is to empower the next generation of diverse entrepreneurs and creators to live out their dreams by using our unique and innovative ice cream novelties as a platform for change. So that's the first thing that you see. Um, I think it's on their about page and, or maybe it's, maybe it's on their homepage. So I freaking love that. Um, cool house, man. I'm just going to read a couple of things because, um, I could never remember this off the top of my head. So I'm just reading off of their website. Cool house manifesto. Grab the phone because change is calling and cool house is here to answer. From how we interact to how it's made, why it's created, and how to get it into our homes. The world of food is shifting, and we're here to help sound the horns and lead the change. So you can tell just by that, like, they're just super fun. And they write, our story. I have to read the our story because it's just, it is so freaking awesome. Okay? And here is what, when I was reading this, I was like, these are my people right here. So I have to first start off with the the ice cream truck because I just think it's like the coolest story ever. And then I want to talk about a little bit else about the brand. So they bought a piece. It literally says in their website. And of course, like, you know, I love sweary things. So of course, I like this. They bought a piece of shit postal van masquerading as an ice cream truck on Craigslist for $2,500 and towed it to a Coachella music festival using a, and I don't understand what this means, using a triple, oh, okay, triple A. Okay, so triple A, like the, the company when your car breaks down. Okay, I get it. They bought a piece of piece of shit postal van masquerading as an ice cream truck on Craigslist for $2,500 and towed it to a Coachella music festival using a triple A platinum membership, which, inclu- which included one free 200-mile tow. After debuting to the crowd of 100,000 people, the brand went viral. I mean, if that isn't the coolest story of a product brand that you've ever heard of, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I just I've never heard of anything better. And when I read that the other day when I was again, I was I did a quick TikTok video. It was two and a half minutes or something. When I read that, I instantly was like, gosh, I love them. Like they are my people. So the second I read that story about them, instantly I was like, I want to go buy their ice cream. I want to go support them. I want to give them money. That is the fucking power of sharing your story. When When you have a story 
that your ideal customer reads and they instantly want to go and give you cash or give you their credit card, that is when you're onto something. And so that's the power of one, you at least telling people who the fuck you are. I see so many of you hiding behind your brand and not showing your face, not sharing your story. People want to know. And this is the difference between now because I read that one bit of stuff on their website. I will now go out and buy their $12 pint of ice cream when I can literally get like a pint of ice cream from a Whole Foods brand or I shop at this store in Seattle called Metropolitan Market. I can literally buy like a Metropolitan Market brand of ice cream for like probably four or five dollars. But I would happily pay 12 <laughs> for for this brand now. Now that I know now that I know a little bit about them and know their story, like happily would pay. And that is it right there. So how do I want you to really think about this? How do you get people to pay double the price of a product and buy your product? How can you share your story and get people to feel connected to you and feel like, wow, I love I love that story so much. I want to go support them. I want to buy your $30 candle when I can literally order one on Amazon for five bucks. Um, it takes work to get people to choose you versus a competitor. And it takes work to get for people to choose you versus Amazon. You have to work at that. And a lot of that can come from sharing your story. So I just I just love them. So anyway, um, and the other part of their story is, and I'll just read it really quickly. When Natasha and Freya founded Cool House in 2009, they did not feel represented by any of the dessert brands on shelves, not as millennials, not as women, and definitely not as LGBTQ plus women. They decided to be the brand from the product to the culture that they wanted to buy. I mean, I'm just obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, actually. I just love it. Um, I think these people are geniuses. And like, I wish I had come up with this idea, to be honest with you. Because now that I've been doing a bunch of videos on ice cream, I'm kind of like, damn, I wish I could have an ice cream brand now. It just seems really fun. But getting a postal truck masquerading it as an ice cream truck, towing it to Coachella Music Festival. I mean, I don't think anyone could top that story. So I'm sorry. I think these these ladies win. And then it says there's another part on their website. We know ice cream at Cool House. We know ice cream smiles, joy, joy and laughs are the great unifiers and big bringer togetherers. Ice cream is edible creativity, full of infinite possibilities and endless pints of potential. Plus, when you do it right, ice cream is for everyone, all ages, all backgrounds, all flavors, all smiles. So I just love it. I love it so much. And they have other bits on their website, which I'm not going to read every single thing, but I just their mission, their story, their vision of like you know, entrepreneurs, creators, social change, inclusivity, inclusivity. I can't even say that word. Oh my God. Um, I just think it's incredible. Their story is incredible. And that right there is the true definition of how your mission and your story can literally transform your brand. It can take you from being a nothing product to being a viral brand. And that's what they've done here. So um, yeah, I just love it. All right. Now we're going to go into the next thing. And I, I'm excited about this one because this is this is a story that I was just talking about of how I just made a purchase and 
sorry, I'm actually opening up their website on my laptop as I record this because I don't really have, as you guys know, I always talk about that. I don't really have notes when I do podcast episodes. Okay. So the next thing I want, so the second thing that this episode is about is three things that all successful brands have. The second thing that all brands that are successful have is a vibe that attracts your dream people. And the the word vibe, you know, I think you could probably interpret in many different ways. And how I like to think of a vibe that attracts your dream people is literally like when you land on someone's website, you feel something instantly. And if you don't feel something instantly, then they probably haven't done a good job with the branding. And I don't just mean the freaking logo, because you guys know I could care less about logos, to be honest, for the most part. I'm sorry, graphic designers. I just, I think logos are like this li- smallest part of your business. Um, when I when I say a vibe, it's like when someone lands on the website and they start scrolling through, they, they get like an emotional reaction. And they know that this product, this website, this brand is they're interested. So they're going to keep staying and scrolling on. Um, it comes from your website, your copy, your product photos, um, even the product names, which we're going to talk about today, the imagery, the vibe, the colors, the fonts, everything should appeal to you. So just like Cool House, I just mentioned when I talked about the first thing that all successful brands have, which their website did the same exact thing for me here. Um, the website like speaks to you. For, for whatever reason. And so I want to tell a story of something that happened to me recently. So uh, a few weeks ago, when it was like 800 degrees, and I'm outside of Seattle, Washington, I took my dogs to this place called Bella Bella, Bella Bella Beach. I don't know. It's on Fox Island in Washington State. There's a little place called Bella Bella Beach or Bella Bella something. I don't know. It's basically like this little... Um, you know, beachy. And if you live in, if you know, Washington state, like a lot of the beaches are like rocky, little rocky beaches, but there's water everywhere in Washington state. So literally I drive three minutes down the road and I can get to like a little beachy area. So it's beautiful, but there's like these little walkways that you can walk on. So I took my dogs to this little area that was um, kind of private away from other people. And I took them into the water. Um, and so while I'm standing there and they're in the water and I'm kind of on the shore, I see all these people in the area on paddle boards. And recently I had just gotten into kayaking, which is something that I never even knew that I liked. And now I all of a sudden love kayaking. I love it. Like I'm obsessed with kayaking now. And we actually just bought a kayak this weekend. So anyway, sitting there with my dogs, it's like freaking hot as shit outside. And I see paddle boarders out in the water and I'm like, you know what? I want, I want to. I want to be a paddle boarder. I want to get a paddle board. So I got home. I went on. Um, I think I Googled it at first and it was like really overwhelming. I mean, if you ever looked up paddle boards, it's pretty much the same thing as like going to find coffee. There's like a million different companies and it's really hard to know which one to buy. So anyway, I Googled it. I got overwhelmed. I must have closed my browser and then did something else. And I went to Facebook Marketplace And again, went there. Um, And, you know, on Facebook Marketplace, how you can do shipping or they have regular brands that are doing advertising now. So you can get actually targeted by regular companies 
And then you have to have the product shipped to you. So anyway, so I actually clicked on a, on a specific ad and it was for this paddle board that it was like a clip together paddle board. And it actually looked really cool. I think it was made in the USA. It was eco-friendly. And I was like, oh, this is like the best thing ever. I want to buy it. And then somehow I must have got distracted or something about the product I ended up just not being interested in. I think it was actually pretty expensive. I think that was the issue. I think it was like, I don't know. It was expensive. But something about it, I think I just wasn't sure. And so I didn't buy it. Fast forward a few days later, um, I think this was last weekend, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a paddleboard again. So again, open up Google and I started um, searching online like the best paddle boards for dog because I ideally I want to bring my dog on the paddleboard. So I started searching um, paddle boards for dogs. And so I started coming across a c- couple different brands. And so I'm like, okay, cool. And then I was like, let me just go check Facebook Marketplace one more time because you know, I don't really need to buy a brand new paddleboard. And I also like to just, like I said, I'm after Alaska, I'm trying to be more eco-friendly. So if I can buy someone else's that's local to me, like, you know, I don't want to buy people's furniture, but if it's a paddleboard or a kayak, like who cares? So anyway, I look in Facebook marketplace, I'm scrolling through and all of a sudden I see this purple, (laughs) like lavender colored paddleboard. And it has this like interesting little design on it, almost like a, how do you describe it? Like an outline, like a white outline of something. And I was like, oh my God, what is that? And I clicked on it and it was an advertisement for this company called Metal. And I looked at the paddleboard and it was like love at first sight because I have to say um, the color lavender is one of my absolute most beautiful favorite colors. It was the color of my former brand, the Dapper Dog Box. If you Google the Dapper Dog Box, you will see that beautiful, beautiful lavender and white box with products in it all over the internet. And that was my little baby that I founded. And so I love that color lavender. It's like this beautiful purple. Um, I always say if I start another product-based business, it will be purple just because I love purple. It's a color of luxury And I think it appeals to the right person. So anyway, maybe I won't, but I can just envision myself having like a cold brew brand that has like these beautiful lavender and white cans. I don't know. I would love to have a cold brew, cold brew in a can brand. Okay. Anyway, so I click on this and I'm looking at this paddle board. It's like this beautiful purple color. It has like this white silhouette thing on it and it's called the dreamer too. That's the name of the product. And I was like, oh my gosh, this product is made for me. That's like literally what I was thinking in my crazy brain. And so then I started, so I'm like, okay, let me like look at what else they have. So I'm on their website and I'm actually going to open up the product while I am talking right now because I want to kind of look at their homepage, but also I want to look at the product that I ended up buying because, um, like I said, it was just a, it was such a, crazy thing that happened to me. <laughs> it was like, I need to share the story a little bit. Okay. So yeah. So the paddleboard that I bought is called the dreamer. So they have the dreamer and then they have the dreamer too. And at first I was like, what's the difference between the two? I couldn't actually tell. And when I looked at it, it was just the design of the board. So it was the dreamer one just is like purple with, um, this really pale pink middle section And then the dreamer two has like, it's almost like a a silhouette of a person's a half of a person's face. 
and then like a sun in the background and then like another sun. It's just like, I don't even know how to describe it other than I'm obsessed with it. The second I saw it, I was like, I, I will buy this fucking paddleboard. I don't even care what it costs. I love it so much and I have to buy it. And the color is perfection. So anyway, um, okay. So they have Dreamer 1, Dreamer 2, Dreamer 3, Dreamer 4, and they're just different colors. So yeah, so my color was the purple and super, super, super pale pink one. It's just beautiful. I'm, I just love it so much. So anyway, so I click on the paddleboard and then I start clicking on the rest of their website because I'm like, well, what else do they have? And again, like the vibe comes from the colors on your website, the font, the images that you choose, but also here is the, the product names. So we have the thrill seeker. We have the dreamer. We have the voyager and we have the free spirit. And then we have, okay, there's multiple free spirits. So those names very much, and these are all different collections. Those names resonate with me because I'm someone who for really my, so much of my life, um, I have been obsessed with traveling. I studied abroad in London, my senior year of college. I've lived in Australia twice. I've lived in, so I'm from Massachusetts. I grew up there. I went to college there. But after that, I moved to California. Then I went to Australia. I've lived just in many places. I lived in California two different times. And now I've been in Washington state the last few years, but traveling has been a huge part of my life. I've been to over, um, 30, is it 30 countries or 50 countries? God, I forget. I think 30 countries. Um, so traveling, exploring adventure, these are words that resonate with me. And so when I saw those names, like I think of myself completely as a free spirit. Um, and I also think of myself as like a dreamer. I mean, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are dreamers, thrill seeker, like these names just speak to me. And then when you look at the product itself, the product speaks to me, the visual on it, the imagery. Um, and then you go to the website and it's just like, it's a beautiful website. Perfect, perfect, perfect website. It gives you enough information. It gives you just the things that it includes, it gives you the it's so it's an inflatable paddleboard. And then they have reviews loved by 10,000 people. And then they have all these different images of the paddle boards. And then I googled is Maddle like, I think I even searched on their website is Maddle good for dogs or something. And I think I ended up clicking on their Instagram. And there's literally on their Instagram, there's a little highlight called Maddle Pets or Maddle Dogs or something. And it's an entire highlight series of all pictures of people with their dogs on the paddle boards. So again, like the, that whole thing from discovering them on that ad from one little image, one little thumbnail image, clicking on it, getting to their website, going through, looking at their images, looking at the vibe, clicking on the um, Maddle Pet Dog thing on their Instagram um, for me, I knew I was going to buy this. So I literally, and then a pop-up came on the screen and it said, um, you know, summer sale, $50 off or something. And so I clicked on that. So I got $50 off. So I ended up getting the paddle board for $350. And so here's the thing here is like Amazon sells all these types of inflatable paddle boards. You can get it for like $200, even less than $200 to get an inflatable one. There's people selling them near me for 100, 200, 300, 400, depends on what kind you want to get. Um, I live in an area of the country where 
paddleboarding is actually very popular. And so we have just in my town alone, we have two different places. I know one place where you can buy paddle boards and another shop, you can rent them, but I think you can also buy them there. So my point here is that there's a lot of options for me to buy. But the second I saw this one, I didn't care about like two day shipping. I didn't care that it would take probably a week or two to come to my house. Um, I didn't care about the price point. I knew it was a little expensive, but I had enough information to be sure that I wanted to buy their product. And so that's the thing here is like you have to have those things that will attract someone. So if they had like a super boring website, boring product photos, boring design, I wouldn't have bought their product. So I want you to kind of think of that story. And it's like a vibe of a business is like all those different things. It's the images. It's the it's the visual branding. It's their product names. It spoke to me. Um, even then, like, and then if you look at their website on their homepage, it, everything is beautiful. It's be- I'm, like I have to do videos on this, but they talk about like how, you know, the paddleboard that fits your lifestyle. And there's like a really beautiful video where they just talk about like the different things of the of the brand. But like basically it's all about adventure. Like we want you to have an awesome adventure with our product and our product is is um, you can literally blow up your um, paddleboard in a few minutes, put it back in a bag, bring it with you like it's flexible. We want you to paddleboard and we have a product that you can use. So it's just incredible. And I just thought this was a perfect example of one, like the transparency and like the breaking down of of how people make purchasing decisions, because this is what it comes down to is like you people have so many options nowadays, what's going to get them to buy yours versus someone else. So. All right. And then the last example that I want to share, and this one's going to be a quick one, actually, is the third thing that um, successful brands have in common is the product solves a core problem. So a core problem your product solves for people. And this this feature, not feature, but like this part of what successful brands have, you know, products like let's look at like Tom's shoes, for example. You know, what problem does Tom's shoes solve for their customers? Well, they it does solve a problem because we need to wear shoes (laughs) to go outside. So it does solve a problem. Is it like a severe problem that someone has in life? I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, because I think there's so many shoe options. But again, I think what would attract people to Tom's is one, the vibe, their story, sorry, their story, their mission, all that. And then the type of shoe they have. They have a very unique style of shoe. And for me, I, for years of my life, years back, that's all I ever wore were Tom's. I wore like tunicky shirts with leggings and Tom's. I I had a blue pair that I wore all the time. I, so I used to buy them religiously. And then after I had a baby, I think my shoe, my feet changed the size and I just stopped buying them. But for years I was like a very loyal customer, super fan of Tom's. So it was the um, mission in their story and it was the, um, style of the shoe that I just loved. So for them, like they would get two out of the three because I don't really see them as like they don't solve a core problem for me, but they get they tick the other two boxes. I love the vibe and I love the story and the mission. So two out of three is still really, really good. 
Um, but again, a shoe does solve a problem for people because um, we have to wear shoes. And they have a lot of shoes that are for like wider feet and things like that. So, And the shoes are very comfortable. So maybe that is like the problem that they solve for people. I don't know. If you guys like Tom's, what do you like about the shoes? I would love to know. If you want to message me on Instagram and tell me, I'd be curious. But they, their shoes are very comfortable. It's kind of like wearing slippers. It's actually kind of like wearing no shoes. I hate wearing shoes. And they are so comfortable that like you almost feel like you're not wearing them. Your product should always solve a, a problem for people. I think it, in general, like we don't need more products. We need more problems that are solved with a product. And I want to tell another story of another product that I drank recently. <laughs> um, and I I think I've drank their wine before. I just didn't notice the first time around. Maybe, maybe I haven't. I don't know. So recently I got a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc by a brand called Matua or Matua. I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's a New Zealand um, wine brand. And part of what made me choose their product was the label. It's just it's like this bright blue label and it just really stands out against other boring Sauvignon Blanc labels. And, um, I think it was just one of those days where I was like, I'm going to give Sauvignon Blanc a try. Cause normally I only drink like sparkling wine or red wine. And I picked up the bottle. I brought it home and I put it in the freezer because an issue I have with Sauvignon Blanc or any white wine is that it's never cold enough. And if it's not cold enough, it does, it tastes like crap, which is basically why I literally don't drink white wine. I only drink sparkling. So champagne, Prosecco, which is white, but it's sparkling. And, and I, and I put it in the freezer all the time. So it's like super ice cold. So, but in the past when I've had Sauvignon Blanc at like a restaurant, it tastes good because it's like super freaking cold. But if you buy it and put it in your refrigerator or your house, it just doesn't taste good because it's not cold. So anyway, then the product just doesn't taste good and then you don't buy it again, but it's actually not, it's probably not the wine's fault. It's just that it's not cold enough. So anyway, so I'm like looking at the label. I think I was like about to do a little quick Instagram story about how beautiful this label is when I saw on their label and I don't have the bottle in front of me. Actually, I think I, I think I can pull it up on my laptop. I should have done this before. <laughs> Um, okay. I'm just going to pull it up on my laptop really quickly. Okay. So they have a thing called chill check. So basically it says, we want your wine to be as fresh and flavorful as possible, which is why we created the chill check, which leverages thermographic label technology to show your, to show your Matua is chilled and ready to drink. And on the website, it says, how does our chill check work? And it says... Just place your Sauvignon Blanc or rosé wine in the fridge, freezer, or cooler, any cooling device, really. Once the wine is chilled to perfection, the snowflake in the bottom right corner will turn blue. And so it says, what's the perfect drinking temperature? Um, to ensure the best possible flavors and aromas, the sweet spot is around 44 degrees Fahrenheit. So anyway, so if you look on their, on their bottle, there's like a little thing in the corner, and it's like a little black, or I don't know if it's black or dark blue. There's like a little snowflake in the corner. And basically it says on the bottle, I like, again, I don't have the bottle in front of me and the, the bottles on the website aren't really showing me what it says, but it basically says like put in, like when, when the snowflake turns white, it's ready to drink or something like that. And so 
Uh, oh, sorry. Um, once the wine is chilled, the snowflake will turn blue. Okay. So maybe it's like white when you first get the bottle and then it turns blue. So it tells you that on the actual label, like on the front of the label, it literally says like, when I turn blue, I'm cold enough to drink or something. And when I saw that on the label, I was like, oh my God, this is the most genius thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. Because again, in the past, when I've bought Sauvignon Blanc, I never liked it because it was never cold enough. So the reason that this product is awesome is for multiple reasons. One, they clearly understand their customer and they've heard complaints about probably Sauvignon Blanc not being cold enough and then it tastes like crap. So they solved a problem for their people by not only creating a good wine, but creating this little thing on the product that lets people know when the bottle is cold enough to drink so it tastes good. So I just feel like when I saw that, I was beyond wildly impressed, but also like kudos to them because they they really took the time to understand their customers' problems and they figured out how they could make their products different. So again, their actual product is probably not different than other people's. Again, I'm not a winemaker and I do know that the quality of wine does completely vary. However, they made they made their product different in the sense of that chill check on their label. I've never seen anyone else that has done something like that on a label before. And so they're solving a pain point for their customers because they're making they're making it easy for their customers to know when their wine is cold enough to drink so it tastes good. So I think it's absolutely beyond genius. And yeah, I just think it's amazing. So beyond wine or Tom's shoes, just in general, like your product should solve some sort of pain point for people. So if you don't know what that is, I want you to literally start thinking about it. So, all right, my friends, that was a very robust episode. So just to give you a quick recap. So the first thing that we talked about when it comes to three core things that every successful brand will have, they will have a mission, a vision, or a story. And we talked about Cool House as an example. So C-O-O-L-H-A-U-S. Then we talked about the second thing that every successful e-commerce or product-based business brand will have is a vibe that attracts their dream people. And we use Maddle paddle boards as an example. And the third thing that um, every successful brand has is a core problem that the product solves. And we use Matua wine in their label as an example. So I hope you love this episode as much as I did. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts because I think this episode is definitely one of my favorite ones I've ever recorded. And I kind of want to know what you want to know what you think. And if you like any of these products or if you've tried them or heard of them or whatever. Um, and if you can leave a review on Apple iTunes, I would be super grateful. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much. And I'll see you guys next week.